The following podcast is for mature audiences only, so hey, look, if you're under 18, just turn it off, okay? Do you know the secrets of making friends? They are so simple and easy. That looks easy enough. And Joey is going to try it out. Hey, guys. It's Miss Jenga. It's Freckles. And we are here with Co-Creation. That's Co with a K. This beautiful, luscious, millennial educator, sexpert, fantastic person all around. Yeah. Thanks for being here. You're up here from the heart of San Francisco. It's true. Been gallivanting around Seattle, huh? I haven't, and it's really nice to be back in my hometown after having moved away because people are, like, actually seeing me as a grown-up, Oh. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> so they're not still harassing you and, well, I mean, you know. Yes, but in that loving way. Good. But they're, you know, because like when, you, when you're in a space and you grow up in a community, right, that you, and you are kind of your own. Yep. Then people are seeing all of your achievements mm-hmm. in the context of you as a younger person. So Got it. Like, oh yeah, I've known you since you were a tiny babe in arms, and <laughs> it's really cool to see the stuff that you're doing now. You move oh, yeah. away, you go and do stuff in another town, and they're like, "You're amazing! These adventures <laughs> you're on are awesome! And look at this growth that you're doing!" And yeah. like, there's just been a shift, and it's been really nice to see. And it's still in my hometown, you know. So right. I, right. I know where things are at. I know where my yep. favorite restaurants are. I know all the local contacts for where to teach classes. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, yeah. It's kind of nice. So to come it works back out. Well, yeah, common ground. Yeah, I, I hightailed it out of the small town I grew up in because I was yeah. a town slut. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. so I'm excited to eventually go back. <laughs> like, look what the town slut's doing Ooh, now. Right? Nice. I just got sluttier. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. But you found oh. the other ones. I did. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we're a gaggle. What would that be? Would it be What's a that? gaggle of sluts? Gaggle of sluts. A murder of a sluts. Slattern. A slatter, a slatter of sluts. Nice, oh. alliterative. Sure, <laughs> excellent. Well, what what we got there for drinks there? Um, today's drink is the Moscow Mule. Nice. Ooh. And um, I chose this drink because I have some uh, cock and bowl ginger beer. Oh, that's good. And apparently, the cock and bowl ginger beer is the original Moscow Mule ginger beer. I saw that on I the, the, the it's right there, pack, right there on the thing. Pack, yeah. Yep. From 1946. Right. Yes. That's when the Moscow Mule was invented, apparently. Oh, my. <sighs> so it's ginger yes. beer. Ginger beer, vodka, and ice and lime. lime. Mm-hmm. Ice and lime. Yeah. yeah. And you said this is one of your favorite beverages, yeah? It, yeah, it is. Well, you know, a ginger likes ginger. So. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, and I can nice. drink. I don't know. It's just like one of those combination of some of my favorite flavors yeah. in one thing. Like the first time I ever had lime and ginger soda, mm-hmm. um, it was brilliant. And then I discovered that you can put alcohol in it, and then it <laughs> makes you warm and cozy. <laughs> makes it <laughs> worth it. Indeed. Yes. Nice. Yes. So. Well done, Freckles. Yeah. Thank you very much. It's delicious. So you've been up here for the last week or so. Yep. And running around teaching classes. And you uh, taught at a private home for, uh, it was a workshop about personal boundaries. Yeah. And that was fantastic. That's where you and I connected. It is. Um, I really, uh, as an educator, I like mm-hmm. to go and lurk and <laughs> didn't out myself until after the class. <laughs> no, you did not. <laughs> um, so I, I like to go see other people's styles and mm-hmm. see what they're teaching. But for me, I also like to see how people react to the, the workshop interactions, the exercises, the information that's given. Mm-hmm. So, and, and also actively participate because I'm all about radical participation as well. Yeah. So I don't like to go and just like sit there <laughs> taking notes. And, you know. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, that's how I radically participate. It, go, you sit <laughs> well, in the corner and take, sit in the notes. Corner and take Everybody's notes. Everybody's 100% looks different. Right. Exactly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, no. <laughs> um, 
I really enjoyed the the format of the class because you did some lecturing. You you gave a really good overview about what was going to be happening. Um, it was it was pretty crowded there. I think I counted twenty two people there. Uh, we had twenty seven. Oh, including, okay. Yeah, wow. including the organizers. Got it. It was really nice, and it was in a home, so it was like nice and squishy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which, if you're going to teach a class about personal boundaries, it's probably better than having everybody in a big hotel ballroom. True. Right. True enough. Yeah. That's like, let's, let's all cram them in like sardines and make them feel uncomfortable yeah. to get go. <laughs> right. Yeah. But I mean, I guess it is also sort of like a, a little bit of a real world circumstance. Like, yeah. like how do you create boundaries um, in spaces where you might have limit, uh, like limited access to a personal bubble? Right. Right. Because you can still feel empowered and mm-hmm. in your own space, even when you're in those sorts of circumstances. Yeah. yeah. So can you give us a rundown about what the class overview was. Yeah, Yeah. totally, totally. So this is my saying yes to yourself class. And it's, um, it's like one part consent, Mm -hmm. like consent culture. And here's your recipe. Pretty much. Here's my recipe for this. Uh, one part boundary setting, which Mm -hmm. I think in general, it goes along really well when you're talking about um, personal consent, right? Like Mm -hmm. figuring out what your boundaries are, lets you know, gain a lot more clarity about Mm -hmm. what is right for you and what doesn't feel good for you and then um there's an exercise structure that i am completely in love with mm-hmm. which i found through um betty martin and the body electric right which uh, she's bo- amazing betty is fantastic yeah. yes um and it's called the wheel of consent mm-hmm. and there is an exercise called the three minute game and this modality it's a uh, it's a really nice graphic. Um, it's great for sapiosexuals and uh, Betty herself is an engineer and mm-hmm. she was like, my engineering brain loves this. Nice. Ah. So um, tell us what a sapiosexual is for our oh, listeners. Of course, of mm-hmm. course. Sapiosexual is one who has a sexual attraction, gets turned on by, by brains. Geeks. Yes. By, ah. geeks, by <laughs> intelligence. Yeah. Yeah. Specifically um, interacting like in that sort of brain sex kind of mm-hmm. way. I find that a lot of people that don't have a specific type mm-hmm. don't even know that they're sapiosexual, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> totally. they're like, you see all the different people that they're dating are involved with and you mm-hmm. don't see a thread. It's like, if you uh-huh. lined them all up, it's like all over the map, physically, right. interest level, whatever. <sighs> and then you realize, oh, they're all, they're all brainiacs. Okay. You know what? So I've identified it as a sapiosexual for a long time, uh-huh. but I have experienced that with my lovers. I'm like, wow, there is no particular... <laughs> physical threat so thank you it's the brain uh-huh. it is the brain <laughs> it's the other organization yeah <laughs> congratulations thank you you're welcome oh man great um yeah so the the a lot of my classes tend to be fairly sapiosexual mm-hmm. in nature mm-hmm. i really like talking about like um i like engaging in in concept classes and i like talking about more than 101 Right. Right. So I do a lot of classes that have like um, really neat concepts in them and like get people to open up and think and break apart some of their conceptions that they already have so that they can learn more. Sure. Um, And the wheel of consent is one of my favorite modalities because it sort of breaks out into four different categories um the kinds of roles that we find ourselves in when we are engaging and we specifically utilize it for teaching touch mm-hmm. because touch can be one of those things where there's a lot of feedback loop going on and your dynamics can get a little muddled as to like where who's really receiving the pleasure and who's giving the pleasure right and yeah. having it be okay that you are you are focused on receiving your own pleasure Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and, and like knowing that your partner is able to like be fulfilled in the act of giving. Right. Right. So it's, it's all about that. And then the three minute game is a a really nice somatic exercise Mm -hmm. for being able to play out those roles in, um, in a safe container. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, what was interesting about the class where, you, Miss Jenga, and I uh, connected mm-hmm. was that I get really like, you know, you know, as a presenter, when you're in your head and you're like, cool, I've got my curriculum down s- 
like so well uh-huh. in my head because I've been, you know, practicing it, researching, doing everything that I can to be prepared. Yeah. That I'm pretty certain that everybody in the room is on the same page as I am. Oh sure, uh-huh. and yeah. they're totally ready for everything I have to throw at How'd them. Have that go mm-hmm. for you? So, because <laughs> up here in Seattle, we like to throw people for monkey wrenches. Oh, so true. I don't know if you know this about Seattle. Um, my uncle is a professional stand-up comic. Oh, he won't play Seattle. Huh. He says Seattle's the hardest room. They say if you can make it in Des Moines, you can make it anywhere. It's a joke, right? Yeah, yeah. He said that's bullshit. Like, <laughs> if you can make it in Seattle, you can make it anywhere. Pretty much. Because it's like, you know, we're overly politically correct up here. Mm-hmm. Um, we have the thing called the Seattle Chill, which I'm sure you're familiar with having very, grown up here. Very. And people just don't laugh. They right. They just don't laugh. No. So there are no. comics that either charge extra or will not even come to <laughs> Seattle because yeah. it's such a tough room. Wow. Um, and I know other educators that I've talked to from mm-hmm. around the country um, teaching art classes and a whole bunch of other stuff. Mm-hmm. They are constantly challenged when they come and teach in Seattle. And, you know, if you're in that mode of education and expanding and growing and yeah. improving, then yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's yeah. get to the meat of it. And, oh, totally. Yeah. Totally. And like I do appreciate that particular challenge. I'm seeing it. A lot because I started educating in Seattle, Mm -hmm. so I kind of thought that I had the room. You know, Mm -hmm. this was a a group of people I haven't taught before, right? So that was kind of interesting. It was a diversified group as well. It really was different poly groups, Mm -hmm. swinger groups, Mm -hmm. um, different open sex positive, sex positive. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that was really interesting. Uh, A couple of notes that I had found were. God's bless us. Like we love words, right? <laughs> like semantics mm-hmm. and the verbiage are super important. Right. So mm-hmm. when I'm like, I'm riffing and I'm trying to get a, a really complex concept across and like that wordsmith, that author friend of mine in the back of the room yep. is like, actually, <laughs> I believe that this phrase in my mentality and my experience has meant X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. And then I see all the nodding heads in the room. I'm uh. like, oh, crap. <laughs> All right, no, you're right. You're right. Let me just get up on my horse yep, and like, you yep. know, get back to it. So that was kind of interesting as being very um, specific and intentional with my word and being mm-hmm. accountable to what I had just said to the room. Right. Right. You can't just like give a general concept and have people grasp onto it, which I have been experiencing right. in California. Okay. Um, people seem to be able to be like, oh, yeah, yeah, I get the concept of what you're talking do about. Do you think they really do? Or do you think that they're just like, let's get on with it? Is that just being polite? I mean, I like to think that they do, okay. but there's probably mm-hmm. some of there's probably some of what you say involved as well. In I'm just curious, yeah, because yeah. I mean, just seeing how the reaction was in the room here in Seattle, and mm-hmm. then like pushing you to give them more information more, and more. stuff. It's like, okay, they're really actively engaged in thinking. Very much so. Yeah. I think that at least with my experiences in California, there's been a lot of like people want to intake the information and then translate it into what feels best for them. Sure. And hmm. so if I give them a concept, then they're kind of doing their, their translation on their, their own mm-hmm. and whether it lands for them or whether they're like, nah, nah, right. like that's sort of, that's on them, right? They're, they're using their, their intelligence and their independence sure. to do that. And that happens outside of your workshops. Mm-hmm. Do you yeah. see? Okay. Yeah. Also yeah. that does tend to happen. Um, there can be a lot of really fun debate that happens and, nice. and people will like put forth their opinions and not do the overly PC thing. And so you'll get into these, t- these conversations that are very heated, mm-hmm. but in a way that's not like personally offending people because we are like throwing uh, concepts and ideas back and forth. Cool. And I found that to be really awesome and helpful. Yeah. Now coming back to Seattle and like coming back to this class, I kind of feel the California flavor on myself now. Sure. And that's, I'm like, whoa, <laughs> that happened fast. <laughs> um, so yeah, like, and specifically what happened with this particular class was I, this is a, the three minute game is an exercise around touch. Mm-hmm. And it, I found it really valuable for helping teach boundaries sure, and being, being able to have people experience also engage in experience touch and ask for the ways that they would like to touch others and be touched right. in a safe zone. Because that's where a lot of people tend to gain this fear of like, Oh man, like how do I engage with somebody when all I want to actually do is run my fingers through their hair? Like yeah. that can be this really anxiety inducing space. And then they don't even know how to engage in a conversation with that person. Right. Cause they're all up in their head about their wants and desires. Mm. So that was my intention with it. And in the room, there were several people who were in a space where they couldn't engage in that form of touch or that form of asking. It was really intimate. And you started out with yeah. a three-minute eye-gazing. 
And that's tough for people up here in the mm-hmm. Pacific Northwest in some cases. Yeah. Because we don't make a lot of eye contact up here. Right. And I'm I'm an odd duck mm-hmm. in that scenario because I will look you square in the eye and people are like, what are you doing? Like, ah! mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> <laughs> I've had similar experiences. Yeah. 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 And there were some people in your, in the workshop that were couples already mm-hmm. and you allowed them to stay together and yeah. do the the um, interactions and the mm-hmm. workshop part of it. And then there were some strangers that had never even laid eyes on each other before. Right. right. And up. like, I do want to give space for everybody to be where they're at, you know, and like engage, like, as you said, freckles in like their 100%, like mm-hmm. whatever your 100% looks like, if there's somebody who needs to be in the corner, taking notes, like I definitely want to leave space for that. Absolutely. And yeah. I, I like to, I like to push people just a little bit mm-hmm. just to get them into that space of what if, right? And a little bit of a growth space. And growth isn't comfortable. Nope. You no. know? Nope. So where is the balance between like creating safety and understanding that growth, like if you're going to grow, you got to step out of your comfort zone a little sure. bit. That could sure. just be the theater kid in me. Right. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, but, and you... Miss Jenga, you had an experience with that. Would you be willing to talk about your experience? Because it was I really did. valuable for me. I did. Um, I was paired up with a a stranger that I hadn't met before and um, the person was really struggling with some of the exercises and I went into relationship coach educator mode (laughs) and held space tried to talk them through you know where are you at what do you need right now let's take a break you know (laughs) all this stuff and then the the person decided not to participate and that kind of left me feeling not only vulnerable, but also triggered for me a little bit mm-hmm. of some stuff. Because for me, when I realized, okay, this is what the meat of the class is, I have a lot of trouble asking for what I need. And, yep. you know, I'm a giver and I'm very much into service and that type of thing. Mm-hmm. So for me to give, 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 and then have the person walk away yeah. was just, whew, yeah. Big time. And I'm like, fuck, I didn't come here to learn. (laughs) I didn't come here to grow, goddammit. But it was really vulnerable. And like, I went and sat in the corner, and my 110% right then was Mm -hmm. just, I got to chill the fuck out because I'm not leaving. Like, we'll figure this out. Yeah. And then when I was at a point, I I called you over Mm -hmm. and kind of relayed a little bit of what happened and why I was there. And it's like, all right, this is who I am. Um, and I really appreciated the fact that you were willing to do the exercises with me, which was exactly what I didn't want because mm-hmm. you already know the exercises and you know what's going on and you've got it down. Right. You know, I yeah. wanted to work with someone who was raw and in the moment, right. you know. Um, so I appreciated that offer. And then you retooled it mm-hmm. um, based on some suggestions that I threw out. And I thought it worked really well. So tell, tell people what happened then because you. you totally got it back on track. Awesome. Whew. Thank, yeah. thank the gods. I've, I've been thinking <laughs> oh, about Oh, and the other this. thing too, like yeah. I even tried to go back to my chair and there was a couple that had laid down and were making out right in front of my chair. So I'm like, fuck, I don't even have a place to sit <laughs> oh. and I can't get my purse. Like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, no. Man. Oh, yeah. It was just like, I yeah, I was having an internal you, tantrum. Yeah, you were in, you were in the thick of it. Yeah. Like, and I could see that yeah, happening. Yeah, and I, I removed myself from the room as much as I could because I've been told that like my energy can be like really consuming mm-hmm. for other empaths so yeah, yeah so yeah. I'm like okay I'm gonna put myself behind this wall and just mm-hmm. <laughs> so so at that point in the class like um because again it was a new group of people it was a this is like a modality that I've taught a bunch of times but this is like one of the first times that people were having such a hard time with it because it wasn't just that partner there were a couple right. of other people in the room who were like I can't engage in this this level of intimate touch right like right away and yeah I'm like so I started having that moment of like I see it going off the rails how do I get this back on track like what what needs to happen and I recognized that um also like there's so many things that you can pull apart and make three and four hour workshops. Oh yeah. And you're always getting booked for one and two hour workshops. Yep. Oh yeah. So you're like, all right, shove it down your throat as easily as, but like, you know, in well, because the people want to grow fast. Right. Like we don't want to spend the time working on anything. <laughs> Look, no. We've, we've Just, made the decision to grow. Uh huh. Yeah. So let's get it done. Yeah. yeah. Well, right. It's, right it's there, uh, a yeah. drive through education. Drive through <laughs> education. <laughs> wow. All. Okay. So, what I wanted to do was figure out um, what the room needed, mm-hmm. right? Um, I also do DJing for local yeah. dance scenes, and 
in DJing, like you can create the very best set on the entire planet. Yep. And if the room isn't feeling it, mm-hmm. you have to change oh, it. Oh, yeah, you do. Oh, yeah. Right? So it's one of those kinesthetic experiences. And I'm like, uh, I looked up and I was like, okay, Brain, what song does the room need to hear next? Nice. Essentially. Nice. And what I was discovering was that um, this. It's not necessary. It doesn't need to be about touch. Like some of my more advanced work with the three minute game mm-hmm. and these power dynamics are that you can do it with every aspect of your life. You know, it's about sure. requesting. It's about engaging. So oh. if what you need for those three minutes is to request a request to be witnessed. Right. Or a request for some eye gazing practice. Yeah. Or to be fed, you know, like have somebody actually feed you Mm -hmm. or have a form of service like, um, please go get me a sweater and a glass of water. Mm -hmm. You know, those are all still very valid forms of engaging in this exercise. Right. And, and I think that's one of the things I said to you. I said, yeah. I think it was too much for that person to mm-hmm. touch. And, yeah. you know, maybe you could start out with talking or, mm-hmm. you know, something like that. Because that's what I was doing for him. Right. I was holding space and, like, trying to get him to mm-hmm. talk about the experience he was having. Right. So I think if we had started out mm-hmm. in that realm, you know. Yeah. Then we could have, like, built into the intimacy right. of touch. And that made a lot of sense to me. So, like... For me, I was like, okay, we have to retool this. I hope this works. And what I saw was that people relaxed, like the whole room relaxed. And there were people engaging in touch and and doing like what I had seen before when I had done this class, which Mm -hmm. was like really getting comfy with different styles of touch, everything from silly to holding Mm -hmm. to um, somewhat cathartic to sensual, as well as... People sitting down and sharing food with each other. I think my favorite and, was the yeah. couple that, or the team that was put mm-hmm. together that they were, uh, one person was throwing popcorn into the other's mouth. Yes. It was so much fun. I was <laughs> like, right. okay, that's a super fun game. Exactly. Like, and there was so much laughter and yeah. just, it was really cool to see the shift. Yeah. So people, yeah, people were talking, people were touching, people were engaging. And that's really what I wanted. And I'm like, okay, this gives me a lot better understanding of where the room is at mm-hmm. and like what, what these communities need because these communities came and asked me to do this classwork. Right. So it kind of, it gave me more of an understanding of what level they're at. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, in the end, like pretty much everybody was able to come and engage. Oh, and that was the other thing is I, I had people switch up their partnerships oh. and the couples who needed to stay together because that's where they were at. That was totally fine. Sure. But then like also helping people break apart and engaging with somebody who you might not be coupled with. Um, like, you know, Miss Django was able to mm-hmm. participate in a way that it was meaningful for me. Yeah. 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 Cool. I'm glad. So the and what I wound up doing as the person that I got uh, connected with the second time, I said, I just need you to hold space and listen to me, mm-hmm. the experience I just had. Mm-hmm. And that person did that and was very loving and caring and yeah. like eye contact and whatever else. And then um, and then we engaged in some physical touch as well. So it was it was really cool. And I'm, I'm comfortable with that, like at the get go. Yeah. But I'm just like, I needed to be in a space where I could be able to do right. whatever they needed me to do for them. So yeah, yeah, it worked out really well. Cool. Yeah. Good job. Thank you. Good job. Thanks. Cause you totally did that on the fly. And <laughs> I saw your nervousness of like, fuck, I don't know if this is going to work, but right. I'm doing my best. <laughs> <laughs> well, so what I, what I've discovered in all of the teaching that I've done and I, I continuously get this compliment from people and, and f- compliment <laughs> feedback from people. It's after okay my to class. say compliment. Thank you. Own it. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Um, after my classes is they love how vulnerable I am and how present I am with them. Mm-hmm. So like I still need notes. I'm not a particularly linear person. And when you're an educator, you have to put the information yep. in an order and like mm-hmm. keep to that order. So I need my notes and I need to engage with them. Like when somebody asks me a question and I'm like, I don't have an anecdote right off the bat. <laughs> fuck so I like I tell people and I look at the ceiling and I say this is me checking in with my body and in taking what you just said so that I can give you the best answer possible Mm -hmm. and I look back down and the room is like whoa it was really good verbal communication and very good modeling of behavior because we live in a society of instant feedback and instant Mm -hmm. answers and for you to be able to verbally model that um, I think is huge because it's difficult for people to understand that I'm taking a breath mm-hmm. just a second. We'll 
people consider that rude, you right. know, and yeah, um, there's a couple other educators that that I'm friends with that we've talked a lot about. Okay, well, we need to start modeling that behavior for people. Yeah, and I really appreciate the fact that you did that in front of a whole room of folks. Yeah. So yeah, so thank yeah. you. It was awesome. Yeah, um, I taught another class this week at the Center for Sex Positive Culture, mm-hmm. which is like my old stomping ground. I actually one of my first jobs there was as Alina Gabash's executive assistant. Nice. For several years and so I love going back there and seeing how the place is growing she's and the, just a wonderful anti-mame of BDSM oh isn't she I totally love her. is yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> forever for always yes um so I went back there and I taught a straight up hand jobs class well actually a queered up hand jobs class um yeah I saw <laughs> I saw that in the description whether you have an in or an Audi I loved it yeah yeah um and base and that class is kind of is really fun because it's actually a class on sex, gender, and sexuality. And okay. There's a lot of gender theory in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I promote gender theory in like my class descriptions and things, people don't come. Nope. Which is uh, one of my oh. like, like I, it's a pet peeve, but at the same time I understand. So what I did was I couched it with uh, live demos, mm-hmm. um, giving people techniques that I all, like a lot of the sex geekery stuff, right? right. Um, and really making it a fun class for innies, outies, and everybody. Sure. Um, and during that class, they're like, I discovered the whole, I had never done a full on live demo with genitalia before in nice. one of my classes. Nice. And I was like, this is an entirely other level that of consciousness that I have to like, I have to keep track of gloves, how many towel, like whose towel this is, Yeah, you know, like mm-hmm. figuring out how to hold the emotional space of my demo person. Yep. And that's super space, vulnerable. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Hold the space of the room and keep everything on track. Nice. So there was, ju- there were just several moments. Like I had my hand inside a dear friend of mine and I was like, I have no idea what I was about to say next because vulva, right? Like there's <laughs> my hands in a vulva. I get so excited. Right? <laughs> right? And, and so I just like, there were a couple moments that I was like, I'm sorry, y'all. I just like, I'm, I'm having such a good time right now. And, th- and like having your class be able to laugh at you. Yep. And laugh with you, yep. I think, is so valuable, right? And just being able to stop and and crack those little jokes that that and like I throw in like um, pop culture references, yeah, you know, things like that, just to like get everybody into the space of laughter yeah. and engagement. Well, it's an way. orgasm for the brain. That's what I like to say. It's Aww. an orgasm for the brain. So <laughs> if you're laughing, you're having a good time. Yeah. So you had both uh, male genitalia and female genitalia represented. Yeah. Yeah. And did you do any demos with a strap on or anything so, like? That. what I did and this was this was actually another kind of neat vulnerable moment was um, I had I did the female sex mm-hmm. the male sex and both of my models uh, are cisgendered identified okay with those those sexes and then I had some techniques that I have discovered and developed and and been shown by transgendered lovers that nice. I've had nice and one of my big things when I was 15 years old I started going to Lambert House here in Seattle which mm-hmm. is a queer youth resource center mm-hmm. and I met some of my like first gender tastic individuals yeah. and discovered oh, I love that gender tastic gender tastic it's one of my favorites <sighs> we're gonna yeah. have to tell sweet cheeks about that yeah. gender, we'll call yeah. her gender tastic for now yeah um and I discovered my attraction and I had this panic moment of like, I was fantasizing about being with these people. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I have no idea what I would do, <laughs> you know? And it's not uh-huh. even the question of like yeah. what genitalia they have. Right. It's just like, how do I respect them? How right. do I engage with their body if they're not comfortable with their body? Oh my God. Right. So I asked one of the mentors at the house and they were like, you're just going to have to talk to the person. Damn it. I know. Communication. I know. And my 15 year old self was like, come on. Um, (laughs) There's got to be an easier way. I know. (laughs) Just show me some porn. Come on. Right. And it really was like engage with the verbiage they want to use around their genitalia. Engage with how they want to interact. It like what amount of clothing wants to come off of. And it sort of, it did open my idea, my mind to the different uh, capacities for what sex can be. Absolutely. Which was great. Um, And then, Eventually, when I did have like like experiences with my transgendered lovers, it was a lot of asking. And through mm-hmm. that, I I 
was able to engage with these different techniques that I never would have come up with mm-hmm. if I had like created the story of what should be in my head. Right. 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 Um, so that being said, I wanted to talk about like inguinal glands mm-hmm. and how the clitoris and the shaft and head of a penis, you know, are very, very similar and how you can stimulate mm-hmm. them and, and like talking about how to engage with energetic genitalia, Mm -hmm. right? So I I really wanted to talk about a lot of that. And I was like, okay, I want to demo this. And I have cisgender demo people. So what do I do? And Mm -hmm. I got really real with my audience. And I was like, okay, I'm super nervous because I'm trying, I'm coming from a good place with my intentions and wanting to showcase different styles of working with anatomy. Sure. All anatomy is different. Every single bit of it, right? Um, and yet I, I am re- trying to represent many genders, many of which I don't hold. Mm-hmm. So if you can be with me in that space and know that these intentions are coming from a good place and your mileage will absolutely vary. Yeah. And that's why communication is so important. Absolutely. And they were able to embrace that. Nice. And so I was able to do these techniques on the anatomy of the demo people I had present. Mm-hmm. And the demo people were also okay with having their genitalia referenced in a way that their gender is not identified with nice. so it was like a whole oh. big gender fuckery playground that <laughs> happened and it was okay right and i kind of like i felt i felt like i had done the work so that i could be able to uh um go on this journey with a whole yeah. classroom full of people nice and some people had even more techniques and ideas that they had seen in porn or they mm-hmm. had experienced with their lovers and so we were able to engage in this really beautiful conversation nice. oh wonderful yeah yeah and then, super sad i missed it that is not making me feel any i'm better. sorry no, right. <laughs> i'm sorry no it's okay yeah. um i don't know if you had a chance to go see hump but if if you're oh, in a city yeah they had one of the most beautiful one of my favorite films was a documentary um, called Blown about mm. um, giving blowjobs to pre-op uh, female to male transgender people. And it was just beautifully shot and just incredible and really opened up exactly what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And just like, you know, just ask how we want to be touched, you know, yep. and being very vulnerable and seeing these men that mm-hmm. still had female genitalia getting blowjobs. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was a fucking too it really was so that's great yeah yeah i was able to show at the like the very end of the class and i i do say this because if you have any listeners in the san francisco area i will be teaching this again at kink.com in march nice so um i will be able to to do a lot of this and they do online is kink.com kink.com does do online but this Um, is an in-person this is a live class got it Mm. but there will be live demos and one of my favorite things is then i uh, i get to talk about energy and i'm like so for the pragmatists in the room this might look like miming to you and I can't change that, but you're still going to watch me jerk off if that feels good for you. And <laughs> so I got to like, like really get into my energetic cock and mm-hmm. like how ha- invite people to feel like what cock energy is just within themselves and feel yeah. what pussy energy is in themselves. Yeah. And it was just kind of incredible. Like again, in a very tech oriented town, mm-hmm. people were like, yeah, Mm-hmm. That was really neat. This is like and virtual sex. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Where's my glasses? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it was, it was really cool. Yeah. Um, there was just a lot of, there's been a lot of learning happening yeah. in all, all of my different experiences up here this time. And you're, you're going to go away for a hiatus mm-hmm. for just like a couple days yep. and then go do some stuff in San Fran and yeah. then you're coming straight back. So by the time this episode releases, yeah lands tomorrow tomorrow yeah. yes. um when when are you gonna be back in town and we're not ending the episode by the no, way no, but no. just <laughs> you know because because we can talk about we still got drinks yeah i know right, right? Yeah. right. what's going to be happening in the future so you're going to be back okay. on the 17th on the 15th 15th okay thank so you. i'll be back for uh from february 15th through february 22nd nice i um We'll be teaching two classes uh, for this similar group of people. So the group where Miss Jenga and I met invited me back because the class sold out and there are more people who want to take it. And you're just that awesome. Oh, I thank you. Yeah. And I'm I'm really stoked. That's kind of the first time that's happened. And Sweet. so the organizer um, is having me come back. We're going to do that again. I'm uh, teaching for the Re- Relationship Anarchists group mm-hmm. here in town. Um, really cool 
like really cool stuff about non-monogamy in specific and not just like straight up polyamory which is what i grew up with cool mm-hmm. um and then i will be djing at the center for sex positive culture centrifusion on nice. the 18th because that's the naked dance party right yeah, yeah social dance and sex positivity yes. it's like literally two of my favorite things fantastic and then on the 22nd i am also a co-host on poly weekly's podcast right on so minx and i are going to be doing a live q a show sweet here oh. in seattle so check out my social media for updates on that cool. but if you want to actually come meet minx and myself and lusty guy in person you will be able to do that and you can ans- ask all the questions that you have ever wanted to ask of us fantastic right we would love to have you guys there if you're available yeah yeah, yeah. and we'll post all the links to your twitters and your yeah, yeah, yeah. facebook's cool. and i think i said the 22nd a minute ago mm-hmm. it's actually the 21st okay 21st. Yeah. sunday the we'll, 21st we'll let it slide right. Well, thank you. <laughs> it's it's the Moscow Mule. You're right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Just blame it on the mule. Yeah, always yeah. blame it on the mule. So you grew up, Polly, so you're second generation yeah. sex positive. Yes. I'm super excited about that because we are seeing a, a pretty big swing in that. And no pun intended. Um <laughs> Because our, yeah. our kids grew up in sex positive households mm-hmm. with our shenanigans as well as um, being theater people. And, and I was um, doing a lot of um, sex positive work through the arts and yes. doing stage work and, you yeah. know, ther- uh, not therapy, um, working with actresses coming into their own and processing through sexual traumas and all that stuff through monologue work and yeah. Oh, writing and yeah. Working with playwrights and stuff like that. So Thanks for doing that work. Thank you. It was yeah. a lot of fun. I enjoy mm-hmm. it. Um, so I'm seeing that, you know, our kids now, our son is a burlesque dancer and mm-hmm. in the sex positive community, nice. he considers himself to be non-monogamous and a swinger. Mm-hmm. Um, our daughter's pansexual and talks about it openly, started a transgender clothing company. Fantastic. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm super excited oh, yeah. to see what you millennials oh. are going to be doing and making these changes because like, I think I talked to you about it. It's like, it's, it's exciting for me that you didn't really have to overcome. And that's a perception on my behalf Mm -hmm. that you didn't have to overcome sexual shame or hangups or whatever. Is that true? Truly the case? Yes, that is correct. Okay. All right. Um, I do consider it to be one of my greatest boons in life um, is the fact that I got to sort of bypass a lot of sexual shame Mm -hmm. and a lot of um, just like there's so much um, uh, what is it called there's so much like heaviness and and hardship that can come with not knowing Mm -hmm. just the act of like the the things you never knew you never knew and Mm -hmm. like how scary that can be for people and how emotional roadblocks it puts it in for sure right so um I kind of utilize, that's one of the reasons I do education is Mm -hmm. because I have this wealth of knowledge and I just want to share it with people, Mm -hmm. right? And like, I don't know if y'all experience this, but like as a non-monogamous person, you inevitably become the fountain of information for anybody who has questions about non-monogamy. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Right. And a lot of assumptions. Yeah. Yeah. Precisely. So like. In, in my world, it got to the point, because I'm a, I'm a social butterfly. Mm-hmm. I'm an extrovert. I love engaging with people. Right. And so people remember my face, and then they want the things, and then I'm on Facebook all of the time, yep. and I have no bandwidth. So I'm like, I just got to get start getting paid for this. Yes. You know? Yes. Um, but, and I have the really unique perspective of being able to speak, wanting to speak, and having platforms to do so right because there are a lot like it is it is really fun to see how the generations are coming up and growing up Mm -hmm. and i think one of the the other pieces to my raising that i consider such a blessing is that i still have a really great working relationship with my parents nice and that's not actually the case for all youth true um especially like when polyamory in specific and non-monogamy um was finding its roots and its voice Mm -hmm. as like a movement and and a a quote lifestyle yep right there's been a lot that my parents have gone through in their own emotional lives that i had to witness and i had to have as a part of my fundament and fortunately we've been able to work through our communications in that regard and i like being able to be a positive example for what non-monogamy can produce yeah my mom always said that i'm the the child who was raised by the village 
the poster child for the village. Yeah, it takes a, little, a village <laughs> a little bit, a little bit, and it worked. I you like know? that. Yeah, yeah. It, it does because, yeah. like, in my head, I don't have a dearth of people that I can call on. Right, and like, there's a multitude of perspectives for any particular question I have. Like when I was a kid and I was doing homework, you know, and my mom wasn't super strong in the sciences, or my mom was like cooking dinner mm-hmm. and figuring out all the things for the week. So I went to my other mom, right, who had a little bit more time on her hands and loves science, and she and I would do that homework. Yeah, you know, there were plenty of people to like coordinate and help, like pick up the kids and mm-hmm. do rides. And we call those bonus parents in our community. Bonus parents. Bonus parents. So instead of step parents or what do I call you, my poly parent or whatever, it's bonus mm-hmm. parent, bonus mom, bonus dad. I'm gonna take that on if you don't mind because yeah, I absolutely you love it. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. we yeah, uh, Freckles' girlfriend mm-hmm. coined or didn't. I don't know if she coined it or not, but she's the one that introduced me to that. So yeah, she, yeah, she uses props it to her regularly. Yes, yep. props to her. No, so yeah. that's fantastic. Um, yeah, there's been a lot of a lot of people who have like come into my life and and also like finding the different ways that those bonus people um, yeah. settle in your world especially yeah. as you grow up is one of the most fascinating things that i found so what did you call your your other mom when you were growing up um we we did a lot of the names Okay. Like, we would use names a lot of the time. Um, I know some families refer to them as aunties or uncles. So I, you know? I, <laughs> I, I have a hard time doing it verbally mm-hmm. nowadays. I always need a flow chart to like draw out my family. <laughs> right. Um, Our family tree is tangled. Yeah. <laughs> I, the Celtic not or tree of life. Yeah. Is kinda, yeah. yeah. My yeah. mom always said like 1970s string art, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love it. Exactly. Macrame family. Macrame family. Oh my yeah. God. That's adorable. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but my sibling, actually, my younger sibling has started using mum for their biological mom. Okay. And then mama for my biological mom. Okay. Because we have different bio moms, but mum and mama. And I kind of, I like that. Yeah. I think that's really kind of fun. So you can, you can like shift up the phrasing but it's still that parental acknowledgement right and then we also have aunties and uncles yeah so it's a little bit different of a classification because like we can define it for ourselves so how many people lived in your house when you were growing up um i mean solid i know they're with poly communities people are moving in and out a lot well and and especially in seattle we've got the extended network Mm -hmm. down pretty well and in an urban area we would do a lot of the different households oh okay so like it was always my bio mom and myself mm-hmm. and then my dad um had partners that he would live with in different groupings more often oh okay. was any from like two to four yeah um and then when i was a teenager my mom and i moved into a big poly household in the area called nice. Arasong. nice and we were there for a good long time and mm-hmm. there were five of us in the house and cool. I was I was the youngest by far I was definitely like on the other there was a big age gap sure oh, and it yeah. was really neat to figure out how I could be a fully functioning member in that household yeah. with my bio mom in play mm-hmm. and not being romantically connected to anybody else right, but we exactly. had those familial connections and di- dynamics happening mm-hmm. so that was a really fascinating time in my life to figure that out um, but like we had in my what I consider my close family when I was young, there were at least four different households that were involved in that, right? And and being an urban kid, I mm-hmm. think also had something to do with it. It made a lot of sense. Sure. That you would just like travel through the city and it still felt like home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 You always had a safe place to bounce. You did. And like, That's don't cool. get me wrong. My mom and I definitely lived on a commune in Southern Washington when <laughs> I was young. Like that, that happened. Yeah. So yeah. I got those credentials. On right. Right. You, you got the dirty hippie badge. Oh yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. yeah. That's fantastic. <laughs> when did you get into doing education? So I, I mean, obviously what else could you possibly have done? With right. Your life? Thank you. <laughs> You know me so well. <laughs> I mean, you've got that theater background. I do. Got, it's like it, it all just—it all just yeah. kind of has come together in a really beautiful way. It's true. Um, but I—I I got into education actually through activism. Okay. When I was a, a teenager and I was going to Lambert House, I was really involved in LGBTQ uh, rights and activism, and 
I was like going to groups. I started working at Camp Ten Trees, which is a residential mm-hmm. summer camp for LGBTQ teens and children with LGBTQ families. Oh, cool! They've started mm-hmm. accepting non-monogamous youth and like welcoming poly families in after I've been oh. working with them for several Good. years. Just Good. FYI, Excellent. it almost feels like an orientation. It, I mean, it, 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 yes, it, for me it is, and no, um, people are like. What? I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah. No, yeah, it's we'll talk. This is this is how I have to roll. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um so I was doing a lot of work with those sorts of organizations and through that I just like I turned eighteen and I started working at the center and I realized like I just have to go rated R with my content, you sure. know? And I just I so I had the background of realizing like what um uh political issues there were around sure. sex negativity mm-hmm. sex negativity being shown through um, orientation and so I'm like well I kind of want to hit this at the source and I want to introduce sex positivity as a concept to lots of different people I had a lot of access to youth networks mm-hmm. so I was doing peer-to-peer education by the time I was 15 nice. and I just sort of went independent after that point um I'm not, I'm open to working with other organizations. I eventually later in my career, I want to get into working in schools mm-hmm. and I've tried to do that now actually, but it's interesting. Like I have heard straight up from my educator friends that you pretty much have to be a soccer mom or Dr. Ruth yeah. before schools want you to come in and talk to their children. If yes. that, like we right. found out our kid got kicked out of sex ed because, um, yeah, and I was, here's why. Wait wait for it. You're going to love this. And I didn't find out about it because she's like, I wasn't going to tell you at the time. You would have gone apeshit. Activist mom. Yeah. Oh, I was pi- I was still pissed about it. Oh, yeah. Um, because I didn't sign off on the release of don't do sex education for my kid. I'm like, right. whatever. I know she's getting accurate information at home. So yeah. this is just like the school thing. I okay. didn't want her to have to sit in the library with the other people who were super right wing. We don't want our kids to know that they have genitals. So she got kicked out of class and had to sit outside the class because apparently the teacher was giving misinformation about safer sex practices. And she kept raising her hand and going, actually, that's not accurate. (laughs) And it just, she was hammering the teacher so hard that they kicked her out. What? Because Mm -hmm. apparently they still teach abstinence only. And that, so if you want, uh-huh. To come and see the curriculum that your uh-huh. kid's going to be taught, you can come to the school library between 1 and 3 p.m. on a Tuesday. <laughs> it's not allowed to leave. You're not allowed to take pictures. You have to check in your cell phone, and you can't make copies. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That's wow. why they don't want you, because you're actually going to tell the truth. Right. No. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, that, that yeah. pisses me off, because I was rallying and lobbying for the Healthy Youth Act in yep. 2007, yeah. which was all about medically accurate and yep. comprehensive sex education, and it passed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so what the what She the actually was going to do her senior project, and because when they do their senior projects up here, mm-hmm. they are required to have... Um, support from the school system mm-hmm. and get help getting uh, access to whatever's going to promote their project. Yeah. So she actually did her entire senior year project over the summer because she was so pissed about it. Mm-hmm. And it was about putting a comprehensive sex education program into the school. So then she started contacting, like she was going to take it to the state school board of education with slides of what her experience was and what the curriculum was and what is actually accurate. Mm-hmm. She was also super pissed. They didn't talk about gender identification, mm-hmm. like all this stuff. They were like skirting over even homosexuality and bisexuality. She was so pissed. Well, of course, <laughs> so when, pissed. when one is abstaining, there's no need to teach about gender right? identification. Yeah. I mean, and it's, you're never going to run into it, right? Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> So they actually shut her down on it and just they they wouldn't let her do it because they said you are because it's supposed the way that they get it. They found a loophole. They're like, Mm -hmm. well, you're not going to be a lawyer and you're not going to be a sex educator. So this isn't a viable senior project for you. So you've talked about being a costumer and a fashion designer. So that's what you need to do, honey. Let's go make cookies for the boys. Oh, Oh, yeah. So she started a transgender clothing company. (laughs) I cannot wait to meet your children. Right. <laughs> They're pretty amazing. Yeah. Oh, so so she was she was all fired up and just mm-hmm. I'm excited to see where she goes with no, everything. Absolutely. But yeah, that's why they don't want you. So I'm I'm working on a little pet project myself. We'll have to talk about yeah, in the yeah. future because mm-hmm. I've got a little loophole in a way to get in. Whoa. Yeah. So yeah. 
Okay. No, I would be really stoked but, to hear about that because like, obviously I'm passionate about it and yeah. I, it's just like the red tape monster is what I call bureaucracy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And because it really does just feel like when you get to that level of engagement with society and culture mm-hmm. that you like, you have no standing. No. And it's not, it's, that's not accurate. It's not correct. But like that story has gotten me really, really flushed and like mm-hmm. wanting to figure out. Oh, my we- face is red. Like it uh-huh. still riles me up. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, well, what are the ways that we can engage with youth, yeah. you know, and that we can, um, talk about like in, 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 in spaces that are bureaucratic in spaces where there is lots of um, access and need for reform mm-hmm. like what are the ways that are we can speak to what we're the concepts we're trying to bring forward that's accessible to absolutely them. and like that's that's a really big theme in my work right now is yeah. figuring out how to cross those lines and not be scary to people while also being myself part of it mm-hmm. is is um, knowing that you have to release the message and you can't you can't keep beating people over the head with the message if they're not ready to hear it Mm -hmm. so and like I was saying the person that I was initially hooked up with in the the boundary class I I didn't take a personal offense to that Mm -hmm. because I was part of his journey of growth whatever that may be so whatever messages you're sending out into the world they're going to resonate with people at the right time and you may just be a little puzzle piece in their journey so don't kill yourself trying Mm -hmm. to get in to do sex education in public schools talk to the parents that are in the room that are actively seeking you out because they're the ones that are ready for it. And it's what they call second order change where you're the pebble in the pond and then the ripples that go out Mm -hmm. that way you don't have to be throwing pebbles all the time. (laughs) Wisdom from Miss Jenga. Yeah. So that's, I mean, seriously, don't, don't beat yourself up about it and you know, stay the course. You're solid. You are solid. You Thank do a great you. job with your classes. So Thanks. do you have any sexy stories for us? Have you had any fun <laughs> adventures lately? Oh, my gracious. I mean, you know, massaging people's genitals in a crowded room sounds pretty kinky to me and fun. So. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. Uh, it's true, in fact. Oh, no. Okay. So I got a story. Um, <laughs> so Mission Control is a um, sex positives like it's very good things about it it's a club in san francisco it's a club i was trying to figure out like what well like you know i worked at new horizons so our listeners are familiar with you know yeah okay cool so adult social clubs (laughs) (laughs) it's a club it's moved from san francisco to oakland oh okay uh, cool that's what's happening with everything yeah um rent's cheaper it's true yeah i'm I'm surprised they didn't just move it into the back of a box truck early (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, container ship sex clubs okay oh sorry (laughs) never mind Mm -mm. Coming up next. Okay, so I was there in Oakland for my first time there. It's this beautiful space. It's kind of got this Alice in Wonderland feel where there are um, lots of different spaces. They've got this huge dance room that's got like a whole mural on the ceiling. There's outside space. Uh, Because you're going to be on your back, so it's smart to put it on the ceiling. Right, yeah. Yeah. They separated their BDSM dungeon from their uh, sexual, like sex room. Their sensual playroom. Yeah, yeah, their Mm -hmm. sensual playroom. Mm -hmm. So that um, when people who are vanilla can go and have their time and they don't have to I love be the fact that it's vanilla in a sex club. Well yeah. Right, well yeah. I mean so people people who might Vanilla's not are want soccer moms. There's there's Alina, varying levels of vanilla. It's true. That's well, true. That Alina true. has a thing about um that everybody has at least a butterscotch swirl. I love that. Right. Yes, I'm like, yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's yeah. cool. But anyway, I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, like if you yeah. don't necessarily want to be around kink yeah. and you want to focus on your sensual play, you can do that. Got it. So I was there um I just come from a burlesque performance with a person I'm really shiny on and a bunch of his friends. Nice. And he and I, like, we, we were just, like, we were in different spaces. We just kind of weren't making the connection. Mm-hmm. And, like, I was, like, I don't know. Do you want to play with me? You're really shiny at this party. And I don't, like, I don't, I don't know. Do you want other people? So I was just kind of hanging back. And this other wonderful like silly playful energetic person comes up to me on the dance floor i happen to be wearing at the time a beautiful rainbow onesie <gasps> like sexy tie-dye bell bottom yeah. awesomeness i'm wearing some really cute boots i've got my like burner fuzzy like leg warmers leg going warmers on, on. Yep. also rainbow this mm-hmm. is all very important right mm-hmm. so i realize like i'm bopping around doing my thing and i'm just like very much in people's in people's vision and i was like 
Oh, because I already identify as a unicorn. Like, sure. I have beauty privilege and youth and am mega sexual and pansexual. It just happens. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm like, oh, my God, I'm actually a unicorn tonight. Because <laughs> 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 they're looking at you like fresh uh-huh. meat. Mm-hmm. Precisely. Goodness. Precisely. In all rainbows. Yeah. So mm-hmm. um, I am on the dance floor. And I'm not really engaging with anybody because I'm being hunted. And I'm like, eh, no, I'm not, I'm not into it. And this guy kind of comes up and he looks at me and he smiles. And I was like, I'm dancing by myself. He goes, cool. Can I dance next to you? And I was like, oh, yeah. Okay, that's fine. So we're dancing around each other and around each other. And eventually it gets to the point where I'm like, okay, I can dance with you. And then like 10 minutes later, my legs are around his waist. <laughs> and we're like grinding and like jamming on the dance floor. And... um. So I'm like, you're fun. Do you want to play? And he goes, yeah, that, that sounds great. So we go off to one of the sensual playrooms, and there's a big one, and there's a smaller one. And the smaller one has got this more like fun theme to it. Mm-hmm. It's got a bunch of uh, the stuffed animal pillows everywhere. Oh, yeah. yeah, so it's like, it's really sweet and fun. So I thought, I happen, the only open space has two unicorn stuffies. Yes. One is purple, one is pink. <laughs> And I'm just like, this is where we need to fuck. <laughs> so I lay down and like we were having a good time and my rainbow onesie comes off, but I leave on my leg warmers. Uh-huh. Nice. Yes. Yes. Nice. So we're having a good time. Um, and he he like flips me onto my back. And so I've got one unicorn head on one side, one unicorn head on the other side. And my legs go up on his shoulders. And then he's just like, he's a face and rainbow fur all over him. (laughs) And I'm like, this is the best unicorn sex. (laughs) So he, and like, so we kind of, we finish and we go through several rounds and we just, we really like really start to, realize that we kind of like each other like you know when you meet yeah. a person at a play party yeah, and sure. you're like wow I, I really think i want to spend more time with you mm-hmm. um so we're doing that and i was like you realize that you just had a unicorn orgy right and he was like what do you mean and i pull up one of the unicorn heads next to my face and i nodded at him and he loses his shit i bet and i, I bet. was like yeah you fucked the unicorn rainbow you tasted the rainbow <laughs> and he just like he lost it and there's a bunch of people in the room and we were just that that couple in in the central playroom laughing our heads off right sure, and people sure. are like what what is so you are funny disturbing you're my disturbing my orgasm no. yeah. and we're just like no sorry this is this is what's happening right now <laughs> um so Fun. story's not done ah. so he and i like we settle ourselves thank you so much get each other's phone numbers this and that i turn around and there's the person i've been shiny on and i was like hey how you doing he's like really good i just had some weird experiences didn't really get to have play like i was gonna have a threesome and it kind of fell apart Mm -hmm. and i'm like oh i'm so sorry to hear that he's like how are you and i'm like i just finished with this lovely gentleman he's like oh yeah i like that guy and um so he was like so are you tired and i was like not for you i'm not so we ought we go back to the playroom and this gentleman is like dark as night mm-hmm. and has a mohawk and is really, really, really sexy. Nice. And so then I still don't take off my leg warmers. <laughs> <laughs> we start going at it and I just have this vision of like this black mare and this <sighs> rainbow unicorn <laughs> and he's behind me and we're like we're doing it doggy style and I let my hair down and he grabs it so I have this mane that he's <laughs> wrangling and it was just kind of the most beautiful unicorn role play yes. night I've ever had and I got to I just got to live it out with beautiful dark men all night how fun (laughs) how fun so go to mission control anything can happen right on (laughs) sounds like a blast yeah yeah i uh i encountered the um bob ross of bdsm recently at a party please tell that story so i have to i'm going to preface it okay with the fact that i have a lot of admiration for the fact that he was checking in constantly with his partner mm-hmm. it was a brand new play partner yep. and that he was really respecting boundaries and it was hilarious <laughs> <laughs> because he had the low tone of now i'm going to take this instrument and i'm going to flog you with it <laughs> and i'm going to make some happy little <laughs> I swear to God. Happy little trees. Happy little trees <laughs> on, on your body. And it just, it was this, he addressed the room first. We were in a playroom. 
He addressed the room first, asked if anyone minded if they got too rough. <laughs> and I was I was with my, my play partner and I looked up at him like, well, you know, I mean, if we're going to go there, we can mm-hmm. go there, you know. <laughs> and uh, he started out with getting out his tools mm-hmm. and going over each of them. Now, oh. this is this tool and this yeah. is how it works. Mm-hmm. And this is a bamboo mat like you'd roll sushi with. <laughs> and, <laughs> right? Yeah. Nice. And then, uh, oh, you like this one. Okay, well, I'm going to take this and I'm going to gently beat your breast. Now, the sadist in me wants to keep going until I break the skin, but we didn't negotiate that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It was so brilliant. (laughs) And I'm sitting there. I wind up just biting my hand because I'm just like, I'm going to laugh. I'm going to die. Oh, no. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And my my play partner looks at me. He's like, I got to get you out of here. You're a mess. (laughs) You are a mess. You're going to destroy the room because I'm shaking at this point. Because it's, I'm just like, he's Bob Ross. He's totally Bob Ross. He's Bob Ross. Oh. And there was something about it that was so beautiful, but uh-huh. it was just hysterical. Right. And then, so my play partner just grabs me, flips me over, bites me on the neck really hard, and then we leave. Mama Cat <laughs> you know? style. Oh. Yeah. We go to another room and we fuck just like crazy it was yes. amazing <laughs> but then we had a parade of people just like walking in and watching us and all the lights were on i have a problem with like playing for a crowd oh, for whatever yeah. reason yeah. like i'm a theater kid and whatever and like oh, yeah. i can put on a show but like but then you don't yeah. actually want to put on a show no. when you're getting down with your partner right yeah right no i hear yeah. that so mm-hmm. i'm trying to get over that so. Well, you were the the live art performance piece to his <laughs> Bob Ross, right? Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So that was a lot of fun. Had any, any good adventures lately, there, Freckles? Oh, I've had lots of good adventures. Mm-hmm. Um, I have been recently. Uh, this is this is where the the, the BDSM corner of the show happens. <laughs> I see. Oh um, we have actually been doing a lot of experimentation with age play, mm. and. Um, both both my my uh play part play partner miss rabbit and i have found this uh enjoyment in um being small yeah and getting really comfortable with that space and having experimenting with uh playing in small spaces and playing um in small spaces like physically or small spaces As, like <laughs> sorry like, no like uh, under the bed or well no, well no no there was under a table once but no this is uh, this is more along the lines of um we have been um negotiating scenes where we um it's kind of difficult to explain we have been letting ourselves relax into a younger age space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, we have a uh, teddy bear prop mm-hmm. and we have some other stuffed animals and things and some blankets and things like that. And a lot of the time our play doesn't actually get sexual, okay. um, which is, which is good. Um, sometimes it does. Um, and it's, been rather cathartic for me. I have been finding connections to things that I don't remember happening in my past Mm -hmm. through it. And it's been very interesting because I'll get a flash of something and and then go and explore that. And then, you know, uh, just recently I was um, I was saying I want to go I want to go younger than I think I've been, you know, I've been thinking in the you know been tr- it's it's weird i have this like i want to stay you know 15 16 in my head in that kind of space mm-hmm. and because ah uh, squick factor and then i'm like why am i putting a limit on that i'm mm-hmm. actually 46 you are actually 28 we're not actually doing anything right. in this age space other than um putting ourselves there and I went back into a space where I was probably 11 or 12 and I had this like huge open like basement scenario with these older boys that were there and it was just like, well, that wasn't fun. Mm. But the play around it 
and bringing it up, talking about it later, and 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 really uh, like dealing with that and 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 discussing it and and really and really you know taking it out, examining it, unpacking it, doing all the things. Um, was really helpful to me because it, it like broke up and a whole bunch of other things that I've been able to, that I was blocked about that I've been like, Oh, okay. I see why I am attracted to this and not that. And I like, you know, and it's like, Oh, these things all make, make a lot more sense now. So it's been fun. Cool. (laughs) Awesome. Congratulations. Right on. Well, you can visit co-creation at www.co, that's K-O-E, creation.com, mm-hmm. or on the Facebooks, yep. co-creation. You mm-hmm. are a public figure on yes, Facebook. Yes, I so am. So people can just like you. Yes, they can. People can just like you. And on the Twitters, you are co-create. Yes. K-O-E, create. Yeah, that's Twitter, Fantastic. Instagram, FetLife. All those good things. Right on. Right on. Thank you so much for being here. You're an amazing human. Ah, thank you so much for having me. Fabulous. We'd love to have you back. Oh, yeah. uh, Let's do some more. Yeah. Yeah. People go check out where this person is going to be in the coming weeks so you Mm -hmm. can sign up for one of their classes and make it happen and and grow in an uncomfortable way. Yeah. It'll be okay. (laughs) It'll be be okay. Yes. Yes, it will. They'll be there for you. They'll be there for you. Thanks for using pronouns, by the way. You're welcome. You're welcome. All right. So um, you can reach the O-Face Podcast at theofacepodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at theofacepodcast or at Miss Jenga. And also get your pubes ripped out. Oh, that's right. Uh, Sugar Me Julie. Sugar Me Julie. It's our fabulous sponsor. There you go. She's in Vegas this week, but go ahead and make your appointment for when she gets back. I would actually like to say that this particular episode has been completely brought to us or to you by, uh, by Patreon subscribers. Nice. All the cables. And the oh yeah, that's right! Stuff. Yay! I got new cables, and we're all good with the sound. Although I did have a hard drive crash, so <laughs> that that was tragic. Yes, that'll come up again. Um, so yeah, so uh, let's see. Uh, and by hard drive crash, he doesn't mean erectile dysfunction. He just means the computer went. No, design. definitely not erectile dysfunction. <laughs> definitely not that. Definitely not. Not that. Um, so yes. Um, and then we're on the Facebook, uh, the O Face Podcast, and you can find Freckles O Face there. And you can find episodes at uh, theofacepodcast.com. Fabulous. Yeah. Thanks so much. Absolutely. Thank you. All right. We'll see you next time. Yep. Yep. That looked easy enough. And Joey is going to try it out.